Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. crumpets the wait is over and it's finally time for episode 12 of no small questions i'm question master and og superfan sam oaks and i'm prepped and ready to grill these no small roles cast members with your delicious queries uh right that's my intro out of the way so it's time to introduce our stars first up she's the badass granny of the group the one and only gnome slash flower petal slash walrus it's juna septhorn or in this case the wonderful vicky gaskin hello hello i'm really excited okay okay but but there's more to come right our other guest tonight offers us spoons in one hand and darkness and despair in the other uh he's the one knotting all of these strings and keeping us on the edge of our seats it's our dungeon master Bebe david knight hi hello <laughs> that's it that's all i got yeah that's all i've got as well i'm done now yeah this is it uh, we're done for the it's day it's all you <laughs> well, i just peaked on my hello so oh god <laughs> what is in sound waves or you're done Both. now as in oh, that's your I'm energy level i'm gonna move as... away from my mic <laughs> <laughs> back into the darkness uh, as always, guys, we have some of our gorgeous patrons in the chat with us tonight, and we have some listener questions from the No Small Roll social media and our Discord chat. Uh, but before we begin, uh, it's time for your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! These questions tonight, they include spoilers for all the episodes up to and including episode 55. So if you haven't caught up yet, we recommend you go do that now, and then we'll catch up with you later. Okay, uh, all that being said, let's crack on with some questions and spill some Twain Tide. Uh, are we ready to jump right in, guys? Yeah! Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Well, you, you, can, uh, you can work on this one together because it is for both of you. Uh, mm. This is from Kit, who has asked, if you could get any of Juna's tattoos, which would you get? I think it makes sense to ask this to Vicky first. 
uh, as yeah. Vicky is the one who has the list of tattoos. As I say, if you could uh, list the, them out, the body of tattoos. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it would help David. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm needle phobic. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about like a transfer then? Uh, yeah, no, disposable no, no. or a henna? I just I suddenly realised having a massively tattooed character is really like <laughs> it's one of those that it's not like a life aspiration moment. No, it no. is, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd I'd have to get the seven petal flower if I was going to choose a tattoo for sure. Nice. Mm, you, yeah. you wouldn't get the golems one then. Oh, I don't know. That would remind me not to take life too seriously. Maybe I'd get the flower with golem sound fun. Just that bit. You could get it like in the petals, maybe. Yeah. Like, the message, just put it like the writing on the leaves or something. Yeah. Golem sound fun. Golem sound fun! Exclamation mark. I love the way that you're you're like terrified of needles, and yet in over the course of this podcast, including bonus content, you've chosen two characters that are like heavily into needles. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a there face of fear, a, I suppose. A psychologist oh, would have a field day with that, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Is, is it a way of working through it in your own sort of? It's potentially. A safe... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The last three injections I haven't fainted on, so maybe it's doing some good. It's working. Oh, it's nice. working. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Oh god! So when they were saying there's the vaccinations coming up soon, you were just like, oh god. Oh. It <laughs> I'll was just bad. I'll just get yeah. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was also working in a GP centre uh, that were doing the vaccinations. Oh so god. Both times, it was like, okay, come on now. We're going to take you into this room and vaccinate you. <laughs> do, do you get funny when you see other people getting Even talking then? about it is not great. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> God. Okay, moving swiftly on. Uh, so, <laughs> David, uh, if you could choose a tattoo, maybe, Vicky, if you could remind us which tattoos there are. Yeah. Or you... Basically, anything June has ever experienced. So there's all of the different schools of magic. There's, mm. like, moments from her past. There's motivational quotes from Ginger. So uh, there's the wood carver have, as well. Do you have the fox koi blossom? Fox Koi Blossom will definitely be on there. Mm. I think that's, that's what a, I would That's get. a new law drop. I don't think she's told that story yet. Is she not? Uh, I don't think we've heard that. No. Well, yeah. In which case, this is an exclusive. <laughs> it's yeah. up to you whether or not we, you explain that, but I, I think I'd get the Fox Koi Blossom. Yeah, I, I will explain it. I think people who are listening to No Small Questions deserve to know things before everyone else, right? Treats. Yes, please. Yeah. So Fox Koi Blossom, I won't tell you the story because I don't have it up in front of me, but is another of Juna's stories. But it's based off of a game that was created in uh, the Barg epic, which David has been telling on the Patreon content recently, mm-hmm. um, which you should definitely read because it's awesome. Uh, and it's like rock, paper, scissors. But so the, the fox, and for everyone who's listening, I'm currently making... She's doing like a sock puppet uh, hand. A sock yeah. puppet hand, thank you. Yeah. So fox. Or a goose. Fo- but it, yeah, it's a fox. It's a goose fox, yeah. It's a fox. <laughs> the fox eats the koi. I'm currently making a fish shape with my other hand. <laughs> then the koi eats the blossom. Imagine Joey Tribbiani doing uh, fire in France. Uh, so the koi eats the blossom and the blossom poisons the fox. So it's a game for deciding what you're going to do next that is used by the Sekaiji, I want to say, down in the south. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like rock, paper, scissors, but much better. But in game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll play that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's so a story just, that goes with it. Uh, so is, is it like a like a circle of imagery, or will we yeah, find so, out about this later in the episode? Uh that's sort of all there really is to it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just a game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the like you like so you'd be like fox koi blossom, and then like if I've got my fox up and you've got your blossom out, then the blossom has poisoned the fox, and so you win. Whereas if you did blossom and I did koi, the koi would eat the blossom, and so I would win. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, 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 Think I'm with you. So yeah, uh, the fox koi blossom tattoo is how what what baby David would have. Mm-hmm. And how would you like that applied? We're not doing needles today. Uh, oh, if it's, I mean, I don't mind having the needle. I'm not needle phobic. Um, I mean, I I don't like them, but I'm not phobic. Okay, we'll we'll do that so long as Vicky's not in the room. Yeah, yeah, wanna, exactly. I I, 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 it's like June will do it. June will do it. I'll get that's the thing. I'll get June to do it. She can make her own inks. Um, and then and then we'll do it that way because that way it's also imaginary and I don't actually have to go through the process. So. <laughs> no, I've, I'm making notes for, you know, when we get really drunk and go get tattoos. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the next question, I'm, I'm going to take a seat back here because we've got a patron in the chat who would like to ask this one. Uh, so Tiamat, uh, it is over to you. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hiya. This is for you, Vicky. Now that Juna's met another petal, is she considering a tattoo for the occasion? And given David's amazing descriptions, what possible designs would she be thinking of? Oh, that's a good question. I that think, is a good question. I think mm. definitely she's going to colour in one of the petals. I think that's got to happen, hasn't it? Oh, nice. And I feel like if she had to colour it a colour, Kied is quite like, I think like a, a sort of orange colour. So she'd definitely mm. be doing that. Oh, but Kieda, like... Do you, know, do you know, I was weirdly picturing him as a kind of, like, yellowy-orange. <gasps> oh, wow. Without intending to. Is that well, the, it something Australia, maybe? Like, does that just because it's like, orange in some way? Yeah. Oh, wow. He just comes across as, like, an orangey kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, yellowy-orange. Um, oh, but he's he does... Uh, what's What do you call it? Like, um, oh, my God. Where he turns into other things doesn't he like illusions illusion yeah yeah. Mm. so maybe like a tattoo where it looks like it's him but then like it also looks like it's juna maybe like so they're like dotted lines or in different colors or something oh i like that i felt like the answer had to be like deserving of the question (laughs) it's a really good question that is a good question I, I hope that's satisfactory yeah, answer that, there for you. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely fine. Sorry, I just muted because I didn't want to sound coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Tiama. Thank you very much. Uh, look forward to another question later on. Um, okay, uh, the next question we have uh, is from Ross Meekle, Rise with Treacle, uh, who has asked, uh, you mentioned the Twain Tide. Uh, sorry, I should say this is for David. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the Twain Tai Tea Tournament was inspired by a replay of Pokemon Blue. Awesome. Uh, what's your favourite Pokemon game? Who's your favourite Pokemon? Uh, what other video games might have inspired elements of No Small Roles? And unrelated, please can Bebby David just spend some time in the NSQ speaking as Kyoda? Thanks. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes to all the above. Should I just give this entire answer as Kyoda? Yes, please. So, uh, favorite Pokemon game? 
Okay, favorite Pokemon game, right? Um, it's probably I think it is Pokemon Blue still. You know, mm-hmm. it's just probably you just die for it. You know, like those original. I say two or three because like you got to count yellow in there, and obviously green was released in Japan, but then it was kind of just <laughs> changed color was over here. But anyway, um, is for like favorite Pokemon. <laughs> like I don't know if this is like basic bitch of me, but Flareon is like it. Mm. Like, I love Eevee. I love all the evolutions. I'm down for all of that. But Flareon. Jolteon. Jolteon for me. It just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Jolteon. Nah, get out of here, mate. Bit spiky. Spiky and cool. Nah, you I want, it. You want a fluffy, like warm, you want a fluffy warm Eevee. That's what you want. You want your Flareon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did any other video games, uh, Kieda, inspire elements of No Small Rolls? <laughs> right. Well... I mean, I quite like playing a lot of games, so I feel like whatever it is I'm playing at the time, just, like, here's some, like, inspiration into the game. Um, like, all of your classics, like your Skyrims, your Dragon Age, obviously they got the uh, kind of, like, influence, but uh, what have I played recently? God of War, the latest God of War, that's great. Mm. I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077 at the moment. Uh, it's glitchy as anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Slowly and surely, I'm getting there. Uh yeah, I don't know if there's, like, a specific thing. I'm going to stop talking like this. I'm annoying myself with this voice. Oh, no, I was enjoying it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. For the rest, it, of the rest of the I show, like, please. I feel like he kind of he sits too comfortably in my mouth, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't put him down, he's going to take over and just start talking absolute shite. So <laughs> I need to put oh, him in a box God. and keep it in his box. Like, <laughs> calm yourself, mate. <laughs> I have to ask, actually, just based on what you were saying then, were some of the outbursts that you kind of came out with as Kierda because of the accent, is that what did it Literally. to you? You were just kind of like enjoying being in that moment so he, those words came out. In in trying to decide to talk about Kierda for a bit, in trying to decide who he was, I took uh, Juna's uh, like chaotic personality and I was like, how mm-hmm. else can you express that? Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, if he's like super chatty and like really like in that same friendly way that juna has like she'll start a conversation with anyone um and like really get into it if left alone i was like that's the kind of person that he is as well as a kind of reflection of her um but at the same time he's just he doesn't have a filter just like if he is in a conversation to let other people talk and he will just blurt out whatever has come into his head <laughs> i got i got real kind of uh similar to like alfie uh like and i think Robbie, they spoke about this last time, like ADHD and like that kind of like, you know, you're either fixated on something or your mind's kind of like all over the room. That, that's kind of what I got yeah, from Kira. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that those were, some of those things were down to the accent as well. I, I yeah. think that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and I did, <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about this. I feel like I've talked about it on No Small Talk, um, which is our little Patreon after episode stuff. Um, mm. But <laughs> I was torn between what accent to put him in, uh, whether or not to go the Aussie route or do a, like an Irish-inspired accent, but I just couldn't hold the Irish accent good enough or long enough or well enough. So I was like, well, I can sit in the Aussie one for... I mean, it's like, I do apologise to all uh, Australians out there because uh, I know I'm probably like swapping over to New Zealand and probably a bit of South African like dropped in there a little bit as well. I apologise. This is like... <laughs> Southern Hemisphere type voice. This is not. But I could just maintain that one longer. So I kept it. He would have been a completely different character in Irish, wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 But, uh, he was uh, instantly lovable. 
that's do you know what that's the other thing about an australian accent as well it is it's just quite it's just it's friendly isn't it yeah it's just a friendly accent which is how you play an evil person i'm watching you david <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching you who knows what side of the flower this guy is on uh, i mean looking at juna <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Ross Meekle, Ryan Spatrickle, I really hope that, um, yeah, that... Was that enough Australian, or, or do we think we need more? <laughs> yeah, it's borderline. If you could just throw a couple more in there, David, a bit later on, that'd <laughs> if, be great. If, if we end up talking about petals and things, then I'll I'll bring him out. But... All right. <laughs> okay, let, let me rest. <laughs> okay, uh, next question uh, for both of you from Matt Hudson, uh, who has asked, how do you work together to balance the scales of elements that go into Juna's character and the story uh it's a lot of history mythology and secrets uh so how much of that game chat does it require and how much is able to unfold in the story uh so yeah you guys kind of cooking behind the scenes and working out things or or you know how much of this has been established or and how much of it is just kind of like unraveling as you play well i sort of had some ideas if you don't mind me sort of starting because I feel yeah. yeah so I had some very specific ideas about Juna um like the seven petaled flower stuff um and sort of who Juna is but I kind of like <laughs> the idea of kind of like the sort of not knowing and the sort of anything could happen I quite like that free fall kind of feeling um which is why a lot of Juna, Juna's spells are like rolling the dice and choosing between a bunch. Mm. Um, and so, and David and I have obviously played a lot of D&D together and I mm. I do trust him as much as I give you grief for killing everyone. <laughs> um, so I sort of had all of these ideas and said I'm quite happy to, um, to make decisions, but I'm also quite happy to give it over to you. So, mm. you know, as everything that is unfurling is unfurling, like a lot of the sort of the mythology behind the the flower is now completely out of my hands <laughs> and it's quite terrifying so it's something that yeah that i really wanted to do but david has taken that over as god of the world we had a really a really fun early conversation where i was like okay so how much does juna know how much does she not know and i think you said something along the lines of well this is what she's been told but that's she doesn't know how much of it is true, and like, and that is such a like that is a gift for a DM to be. Yeah, like, I was gonna say okay, you're just like mine. <laughs> yeah, to be like, well, like, yeah, like here's the framework of of information, but like, what is the secret behind it? Is there a secret behind it, or is is everything on the surface what it is? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was one of the most interesting parts of that episode was just being like, oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, this this sounds is sounding really really dodgy at this yeah. point. Um, and was that was that the same for you there, Vicky? Like playing that moment of being like, oh oh god, like I built this character around this philosophy. I've been flower checking, and it could could be like all some kind of cult or June is not just even nothing nearly there. All. I think like um, so the you know do you know the film uh, ne- uh, Never Let Me Go. The um, Kerry Mulligan, but... Andrew Garfield, Kira Knightley film, and I just, I love the idea that like th- there's this real like belief in in what they're what what they're sort of raised to do, which is essentially be 
sort of clones for human organ harvesting and that they're like, well, this is this is my life. So this is what I'm going to do. That may or may not be a spoiler. Spoiler alert. Um, but like that sort of. <laughs> that it's even of... after your organs. <laughs> what the hell? Um, but I, th- I think as well, like I, I was raised with no religion, which I didn't realize was quite unusual until I was an adult. And so I think there's part of me that's intrigued into the idea of sort of having that deep rooted belief in something. And I think for Juna, like I'm going, I don't know what David is is doing with this, but Juna is not even close to doubting Ginger as far as I'm concerned yet. You know, there might be things that come up um, like after after this is aired that make her doubt (laughs) it. But, you know, it's that idea that like if you've been, you've been raised with this very, strong idea of you know she's been taken from her family mm-hmm. uh she's been raised by this woman who has been her sort of new replacement soul family who has taught her everything she knows her entire belief system all of the skills that she has like you know juna isn't sure if she would have any magic if it wasn't for this sort of uh, like Ooh, belief system yeah. and so uh i think it'll be interesting for me as Juna to work out like if there is that crunch point and and if if so where that is and like I mean I'm saying I don't want to give David ideas but I'm sure he has like whatever's gonna happen happen but like when when does the belief system cross purposes with who Juna is within the story that we're telling Mm. and like I say I quite kind of enjoy the free fall and the sort of chaos of that and like I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I like that. <laughs> and I trust David. I trust him. Mm-hmm. I think. We have had a, a suggestion in the chat from Tiama who's just said that, that Ginger is the big bad. Uh, <laughs> she could be. <laughs> what I, she I mean, been I'm, doing in that other I'm, region? <laughs> I'm so excited to meet Ginger because Ginger again was a character that I, you know, ex- yeah, sort yeah. of created. Uh, and then have obviously handed her over yeah i feel like the party very interested in meeting ginger at this point as well you know when when she finally gets there (laughs) the idea of her running an entire region (laughs) four weeks away of continuous running day and night but also what we must remember is juna has learnt her charisma from ginger so (laughs) well that i mean i've got to say that's what's interesting about the fact that you are a, a you're a sorcerer is that it comes from like you know that that font of magic comes from something within you so this this tattoo this marking that you both share like you know that is where i imagine that this power comes from so it's mm. like you know she's harnessed this power my my wondering is like whether the intentions behind it all are pure and also where's basil that's that's another thing i want to know but we're not that, maybe i'll save that for a super fan chats for us all to talk about but maybe i i don't know have, that basil's still around maybe we should have another like one shot mm-hmm. or like a side quest where we follow kieda Ooh, shotgun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually i'll dm because yeah we'll have to do something in that one <laughs> Uh, right, speaking of taking the reins, uh, I'm going to follow on with a question that I have for you, Vicky, which is related to uh, to the one that Matt has just asked. Because uh, are there parts of Juna and her backstory that you haven't yet revealed to the party? I'm not asking you to tell us now yes. if there are. Uh, or are you playing her as a complete open book? 
Hey, good fun. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about the Very pun. Very good yeah. pun. <laughs> We've got to be in there. Cheeky little plug. Yeah, there, are, there are things. And that was very quick. Okay, yeah, moving yeah. on. I don't think, like, not like, not major things, not like actually she's like evil or anything like that that I know of. Um, I was going to say, we don't but know. But yeah, there's, there's bits about her past that could come up. And are you, little tidbits. Are you, yeah, are you holding those cards close to your chest? Is there like a, are these things that Juna wouldn't want to get out? Or do you think that they're things that will kind of work their way out as the story goes on? They'll work, like Juna, Juna's told her big secret. So it, like, it's just no one's asked the right questions. <laughs> yeah, that's changed his mind. Now you're the big bad. <laughs> Brilliant. Me um, and Orin were in cahoots from the start. <laughs> yeah, what did you do Funny in tomorrow? Funny how the two of us were, in, were with Enkidu yeah. and he in was the cave, one that died. You've been pretending this whole time. I mean, technically, Juna's died. Maybe she made a deal with the shrouded Crowl. lady. Yeah. yeah, with Crowl. Oh, God. Oh, She's still timeline. got his finger around her friend. neck. <laughs> oh, God. Don't say that. <laughs> He's dead, yo. It's fine. Oh, you can't God. resurrect Ammunition. someone with just a finger, can you? Yes. 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 It's true resurrection. <laughs> um, just got right, a you just don't know any, any super strong wizards yet, so it's fine. No, but Fallos Vale is probably where you're going to find those. Oh, the Arcanist Consortium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is it about to get dark? Sorry, this isn't a question in here, but I, I need to know. Is it about to get really, really dark? So we've, I'm worried. we've recorded up to 61, is it? Mm-hmm. So we're, yeah, we're, we're about six episodes ahead of what's been released. Okay. I, I already it's, it's heard been, from a cast member that something horrible happens to them. It's, it's pretty fun, is what uh-huh. I'm going to say. It's okay. pretty fun, what happens. I'm obviously not, not going to happens. tell you anything. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that we've had a lot of fun over these last six episodes. Yeah. Oh, God. The fun in quotation marks, right? It's, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a bit of both. A bit of both. Okay. It's David who is the one who has said the word fun. <laughs> so long as you're having fun, David, and hopefully we'll, we will as listeners. But yeah, I just I just got this sense like that even with like little little tidbits of, ooh, is this is this really a good thing, what they're chatting about here? I feel, it, it's kind of like I felt like something is coming and you keep putting in these little plugs every now and then that I just feel like we're, we're about to get another Wingthrop arc where it's just like horrible but still enjoyable uh so yeah let's uh let's look forward to that and let's let's move on to another question yeah. uh yeah. so we've got one here another one for vicky uh this one is from jeremy yay, yay! jeremy Cobb. uh our Dwayne fabulosa who has asked your have you found it easier or more difficult to balance the mechanical aspects of the game with the character storytelling aspects of the game uh as juna has gotten more powerful over the course of the show uh and I don't know if I read that properly. Anyway, uh, and have you ever wanted to multi-class uh, Juno based on her character growth and backstory? I try and ignore as much of the mechanics as I can. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> While still playing by the rules. So yeah, no, she's quite straightforward. I, I much prefer the more character-driven elements of D&D to the mechanical side. But getting new spells is fun. And once I worked out metamagic... It was like plain sailing mm. from there. It's so, game yeah. changer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and with regards to multiclassing, because Juna is a, let me get this right, divine sorcerer? 
Mm-hmm. Divine soul, yeah. Divine soul. Um, I, I don't think I, as a, an individual, are ready for multi-classing just yet. But I think that being a divine soul, there's, there is a, it's not multi-classing, but she does lean towards the cleric and obviously she can yeah. have um, like cleric and sorcerer spells, which is timely that he's asked this question because I have found the longer that we've been playing, the more I am drawn to the cleric spell list than the sorcerer spell list. And I don't know why, <laughs> but mm. I think like it's, it's interesting. And I did look at like what you get at base level cleric and was like, should I be doing that? Like, mm. do, do I need to have a like one-on-one with David and like work out how that would happen? <laughs> uh, and I, I, I sort of, I looked at it and went, actually, I think it's not, it wouldn't be that different to ha- yeah, how I, how I work. Gina. Mm. I think the tricky thing you'd find is that sorcerers are charisma based, but cleric spells are uh, clerics wisdom, are wisdom. Yeah. So you'd have to like bump up my wisdom, bump up your wisdom <laughs> to make your cleric spells. But then at the same time, yeah. the way because you've got access to them as a, a divine soul sorcerer anyway, you can kind of just sneak them in with your with your charisma yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really because I don't tend to think about the mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, yeah. And there's yeah. a there's a new spell that I've just got on my last level up, which um, I'm, is from the cleric list, which right. I'm very excited about. Which even in the episodes that we've like recorded, I haven't used it yet, have I, Bebedee? We I had a bit so, of a no. chat about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you haven't used it yet. I, I do love the uh, the cleric spell list as well, because you kind of think cleric, you think healing and all of that, but no, they've got some real fuck people over spells, which the yeah. sorcerer just doesn't have those ac- that access to. Um, but also yeah, some so- real, like, drama. <laughs> 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 There's much more, like, ritual, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I'm really intrigued what the spell is now. I'm trying to work out based it's on the ritual. level that you are now. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. okay. That was a little clue. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm sorry it was a late night <laughs> picking up on these little yeah. drops yeah oh amazing but we there, there's an element of ritual that uh has it, like it, it's acknowledged some places and not the others so i said i only want mm. ritual if david would oh, let me ceremony have... is it called oh, ceremony no. sorry it's not ritual it's ceremony is the is the one which um, was really cool and really exciting yeah there's like there's so much you can do with that spell isn't yeah there? well we, we we've kind of mechanics was mentioned in the question do you do you remember like what the the bits that are because I, I can't think of the spell off the top of my head I, I don't think i ever got to that high level uh cleric in my campaign but what uh what, what kind of thing are we are we looking at here so there's like there's lots of elements of ceremony this is like a bit of a like spoiler alert spoiler alert because it will come up at some point in the show, but it's fine. Um, like you can, <laughs> you can like make someone come of age. You can marry people, um, oh, like that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. But there's one I, I can't remember. Like in in one book, you can basically I just pulled it up. It's in the Unearthed Arcana. As Unearthed well, Arcana. That's the one. It's got hmm. uh, investiture, and it says you touch one willing humanoid. Choose one first level spell you have prepared and expend a spell slot and any material components as if you were casting that spell. The spell has no effect. Instead, the target can cast this spell once without yes. having to expend a spell slot or use material components. If the target doesn't cast the spell within one hour, the invested spell is lost. So things like you can chuck a fifth level fireball and then just be like, 
here you go, Gwen, run over there. Oh, sorry, Kyle, uh, run over there. And if you're in a bad spot, you just do that and But what that's going to mean away. for Juna is she's going to tattoo the spell onto someone just for flavour. So she tattoos that spell and then they have it for an hour and then the tattoo fades. Which is something okay, we've been talking about for a really while, cool. haven't we, David? Like about yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how I could get a spell like that and then I found it. That is so cool. Yeah. Okay, amazing. But, but um, only some places like acknowledge it, and so yeah. And I'm, I'm happily permission. accepting the the acknowledgement of it. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. The the funny thing is, like you've told us about this, and I'm excited, but it's it's possibly going to be like two months until I hear this content and you get into that point, depending on where it is in well, the next I, six episodes. Like even where we've recorded, like. I mean, like, no one in the cast, I don't think, knows that yet. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, here you go, guys. Uh, you've got this coming up. Yeah. Uh, Grace, you're going to get a fireball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeremy, you've um, you've given us some, uh, some dishy information there. Good question. Yeah, great question. Uh, the next one is for you, David. Uh, it's from Karen. Do you have something like... Okay. Do you have something like clocks in the background for events happening <gasps> elsewhere in the world? Because this is something that we talked about in Superfan Chats, the idea that everything keeps running, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have clocks in the background for events happening elsewhere in the world? E.g. the campaign for the throne, uh, the faceless footman. How do you keep track of the world as the party goes forward? Uh, and the related question from Jeremy, we will get to in a minute. Uh, but first part, Karen, let's... Uh, Let's open that up, David. How do I keep track of things in the background? Um, it's mostly <laughs> every time they either get to a town or are leaving a town, I kind of like have a check-in of like what elements I can use and then kind of figure out. It's not, yeah, it's not like I've not written out timelines for every storyline. Let's put it that way for every background thing. Just every time they get to a, a location or are leaving that location, I check in and go, right, what, what threads have I got that I can <laughs> like pull in? Um, like what makes sense to be here? So like when they were in Medravane, for instance, um, obviously the Twain Tide uh, T-Tournament was like based there to begin with. So I was like, here's a starting point for that. So there'd be some games in the town. Great. Um, but then after the conversation with Robbie in trying to decide their character and how that was going to fit in, mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, cool. So the Hex are also in Medravane, which makes sense because of the carts leaving Rost Hall. I was like, oh, so that's where they were headed. Great. I can oh, tie wow, some of that yeah. in. So yeah. And then obviously like knowing that the Hex was there, I was like, what's happened to the Hex since we last saw them and kind of like bump their, their activity along in that way. Um, and yeah, in the same way that when when then the party leaves a place, I'm like, cool, travel in D&D &D can be quite slow and like, oh, random encounter, random encounter. So I just like those random encounters to be part of the world building and like give information in different ways. So the travel down from Medravane to Vernock Rise, I was like, oh, cool. So let's have a bit of the like political stuff going on, the the time and Prevost caravan coming through. That. That's Another like a classic chatty character. <laughs> yeah, exactly um so yeah in that way i was like okay well let's look at the world stage what's happening and how can that interact directly with the party but then it also means that because again this party does not seem to stay in one location for more than any, you any gave town, them spoons mate you gave them spoons they were traveling um so that means that it's like there's a constant check in every like three or four episodes as to like how everything's moved along and whether or not anything that the party have done in that time have affected everything so it's more that than than a, a timeline-based plan. 
if that makes sense. But I, I should actually read what Jeremy put because it's, it's kind of a, a rewording of, of the question as well. Um, mm. But, you know, he asked it, so I should ask it as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, from time to time, we'll see uh, glimpses of larger ongoing events and storylines that are going on in the world around the party. Do you, as DM, have regular world building check-ins to make sure the rest of the world keeps running independently of the party? Or do you just develop these storylines when it's time for the party to encounter one of them again? So kind of so, I feel yes, a little bit see previous answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I <laughs> (laughs) kind of i had it in my head that there was like a back to the future bit you know when doc brown is spoilers uh when doc brown is like alternate 1975 1985 and you know this you're like ah time of premise is here and like this is going on i'm I'm gesturing madly right now um but yeah i was gonna save that bit to the end and then i realized that it's just jeremy elegantly saying uh, a a similar thing yeah Yeah. um yeah so it's it's basically the check-ins i do check-ins but it's always based on when the party are arriving or leaving somewhere, if that makes sense. Because then I can plan out the journey ahead of them or all of the things that they might encounter in that location. Because this this party are very fun in that when they get somewhere, they don't always... I might, I might lay a little obvious road for them and then they're mm. like, nah... <laughs> who was the guy we went who was the guy we bumped into when we got to the place with the library and i think ben even said like you can take that story hook <laughs> and we just like yeah jerick stepping up being Jarek like oh hey, guy, hey guys shady guy and i was like hook 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 and they're like nah you said the word hex goodbye <laughs> <laughs> is it just a way of like you know poking them and just being like yeah just remember that this is going on just I'm don't the, don't forget that guys because yeah. uh i'm gonna mess you up with it later it's the other fun thing is that i've i've tried as much as possible not to introduce i mean there is a lot going on in the world but i've tried to connect it to certain stories so there's like the political thing going on um there's the um like the conspiracy of the founding founders going on mm-hmm. um there's uh this like petal storyline that's starting to bubble away underneath that it's like these it basically everything ties in in some way or other to there's the hex obviously that there's the, the, hex there's the mirrors there's the circles yeah there's all of these knotted strings yeah. Guys. yeah 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 so it's just like as long as it ties as when i create something i'm trying to make it in some way tie into one of these bigger storylines so that it still feels like they're moving forward rather than trying to introduce something completely new and separate every time if that makes sense there's there's a few things that are new um uh, I refer you all back to if you don't join our Patreon, join our Patreon so you can read David's story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of story the Borg anthology mm-hmm. where it all like everything is intertwined, and you're like, no. Yeah, that's how I like my stories. It's massively complicated. I'd well, uh, love yeah, to I spend got... <laughs> a day in David's head and also hate it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's a couple more uh, questions for you, David, that are on a similar theme. One of mm. them is, uh, in fact, the next one is from me, oh. uh, based on story. So how much has your original story changed through collaborative play? Mm. Uh, and oh. are there any story ideas that you've had to eliminate? Oh, that is good. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, I want to like, know. <laughs> yeah, the, the overarching mysteries have it's like the 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 main points are set in stone but some of the details have been uh shifted if that makes sense so like that so basically anything that i've said right at the beginning of the campaign will still be true when we get to the end like that's set in stone but then some of the like smaller details as as, as i've gone along have shifted based on what 
the party have done and like new ideas that they've, like, that they've given me that I'm like, oh, that would be so cool to tie this in in this way and that kind of thing. Um, so some of the smaller details, yeah, have shifted slightly. Um, but none, none of the big major things did you, like you no. had your, yeah, like, the like, end here's, here's idea. The core, yeah. Here are the core facts. And as long as everything else dances around those, then it should hopefully make logical sense by the end. It's not, I'm going to get to the end and they'll be like, oh, of course, nothing was real at all. Like, <laughs> it's not quite like that. Or he was a pony the entire time. Like, <gasps> it's all Bessie's dream. It's all Bessie's dream. Like, I'm not, it's not going to be that, that kind of story, unfortunately, for everybody. Spoiler. Have you, have you, been, have you been tempted, though, to, at, at any point to, like, change those big plot points because of, like, things that the players give you that you're like oh yeah. i could tweak it in that way but you're committed at that point definitely tempted it's it's yeah i've tried not to as much as possible though uh mm. just just to yeah let's just keep some logical consistency and to keep a uh like an ongoing to make it feel like one story and not make it feel like do you know what I don't want it to feel like? I don't want it to feel like the Game of Thrones series. Right. Where, you know, they got to the end of the books and they were like, oh, cool. We'll ju- we know the plot points, so let's go off and make, make it up. And then, <laughs> and then those last couple of series, you're just sat there like, this feels like a different story now. Like, it's not where you were going to begin with. And mm. So I've tried to keep it as like, here's where we're going. And yeah, the tracks might move around a little bit, but like the end point is hopefully, well, I mean, I don't know where it's going to end, but the facts of the end are going to be the same regardless of what the party do. So there's there's a chance that we could actually, if we listen back really carefully, we can figure out everything about this story. Yeah. I find that very cycle of strings, baby uh-huh. David. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like whether or not, again, through everybody's actions, whether or not that's what happens. Yeah. Um, I think this party are very fun to play with. I really love how everybody w- will throw me a curveball at any given point. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. So how does that make sense <laughs> in with these, like, in these stones, you know? Because, yeah, do they, do they, like, do that with backstory as well? I, uh, this is another thing I'm wondering. Like, when, mm. have, pe- like, you know, people coming out with, like, backstory things and stuff like that, is this all stuff that you knew? Or are these, like, curveballs that you're talking about where it's like, oh, actually, okay, I need to work out how that works within my background lore and stuff? Yeah, I, I think everybody's backstories. we all had big, nice big session zeros to begin with. I think they were like <laughs> two to three hours, some of them. Lovely big convert, like one-on-one conversations. So we all knew what the grounding for every character was. Uh, but then like extra facts have come along, like uh, Junus tattoos, for instance. In our very first chat, they weren't there, were they? No, nope. I just one day was like, I think it would be really cool if she had like loads of tattoos yeah. to cover up the fact that she was born with this mark. And then I came to David and was like, I think it'd be really cool if she could have a spell, which meant that she tattooed people. This was at like level one, and he was like, all in mm. good time. Like, yeah, not- I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> at the moment, you can just about fire a bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, this this links really nicely with a question that we got from Mike C here, uh, which is, uh, what was the last thing the players did that surprised you? Uh, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Mm. Uh, but also, have you had to silently scream as they've missed something that was important? I love this question, <laughs> by the way, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I think um, we might be in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I did love that moment. And it's... Listening back, my responses of like, <laughs> yep, the weather is exactly the same. I know, it's 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 so good on a second, <laughs> third, fourth lesson, isn't it? It just never gets never old. Never gets old. Um, 
what have they done recently that's made me act like that? Um, I can't think. I can think of a moment, but it is not. I think it's in episode 58 or 9, so I'm mm. not going to mention it. But it wasn't so much that it, like, it's, a, it's a, just a really fun character moment, essentially. And I was like, I, I'm just going to let this play out. I don't know. <laughs> this isn't, again, like, I've not got this written down anywhere. Let's just let this play out. Um, but I really, I do really love when that happens. It, I, I feel like any DMs out there will probably know that, like, DMing when you've written a story plan, I mean, if you're making it up on the fly, it's crazy fun. But when you've written a story plan and everyone follows it, you're like, cool, we walked through the story together. Great. But, uh, but players the whole time are experiencing this entirely new story and they're having to just react on the fly. So I feel like when players do something that forces the story out of the plan, mm. the DM like has the chance to experience that. Like, oh, cool. Um, this, I suppose, is what's happening in the moment type feeling so i do i really love it when that happens um as for silently screaming yep that, ha- <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that happens mostly <laughs> i think it was on the the last um super fan chats the party has a real tendency to like get into something and go that's a bit big for us yeah and yeah, walk and away, run away. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They go, Every time. This this is not something we can deal with at our current level. Cool. <laughs> well, let's make sure we're safe. Uh, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Oh, God. Again, there's a massive golem army just under a forest. And they went, we are not in a position. We are not <laughs> in a position. And like, I love that that's how they play it. Like they. That's what happens when you've already killed three out of five of the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like Medravain as well. It's like, oh yeah, there's another thing. But we've kind of burned down this whole bit of the city. We should just go. Again, like- <laughs> nobody would have known that it was them that burned. If they'd run off to the other side, nobody would have known it was them that started a fire. The Hex maybe might have like tried coming after them, but they were like, nah, we're out. <laughs> Let's just watch it. this city we're burn. We're supposed See to be later. undercover, people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Ben has put in the chat as well. We have a long to-do list. There was another spoon to get. <laughs> there was another spoon. An entire other spoon. Oh, God. Okay, I, I love st- that. I still stand. We could not defeat a golem army. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, again, I think it was the right choice to make. <laughs> like, But at the same time, it's just lots of fun to be like, well, I've, I've got like... The little bit of planning for what happens if you wanted to. <laughs> do you, you don't want to? You sure? Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if there was a part of like the whole, you know, okay, let's, the one time that they did really push further, i.e. the advancement test, it really burnt them. Um, I mean, it is partly my fault in that. I do scare <laughs> them. If, uh... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um, great question there, Mike. Vicky, Vicky, is there yeah. anything that I've done that's made you silently scream? Mm, okay. I really like this question. When you killed me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, oh, uh, there were all sorts of feelings that day. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we lived it. And it, you know, it's why we make the joke like, Juna dies. Juna like, dies. I don't, I don't know if you've listened to that back and like heard the like venom in my voice <laughs> of like, I've created this character that I love and now she's dead. Yeah. And it was so early on as well. And we'd spent so long prepping. 
And then we just got we got episode Aww. eight, and I was like, cool. I, I mean, Ruana dying, <laughs> I still kind of haven't forgiven you for. She well, was an awesome character. Well, she I mean, was very cool, but now she that was your with fault you. as well. Gonna say, well, yeah. I mean, but well, <laughs> yeah, you kind of let him there. I mean. Yeah, anyway. I just I do feel really sad that like that she had to die. Yeah. I suppose yeah. the thing is, Vicky, you don't really silent scream. You you audibly scream when these things happen. Yeah. Um I mean there, there was the whole thing of you know when when you met Kierda uh, at the end of that particular episode and the whole flower thing happened and you were you were screaming with you know, yeah. <laughs> enthusiasm in the same way that you scream at Dwayne you know when you're annoyed at him yeah. so I think yeah it's why I have to play chaotic because mm. I as a person don't keep my feelings on the inside so yeah. it, it would be very hard to play a character that did that because I couldn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> the biggest acting challenge of your life like yeah. <laughs> yeah oh god i think there are times in all of this where you know both both players and listeners have been silently or audio audibly screaming uh, i mean i've heard a lot of um super fan hannah's screams personally you know within the <laughs> super fan chats and stuff she's still going uh <laughs> Sometimes I listen back to it and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, since fun. we talked about you kind of like playing chaotic characters, this next question uh, that is from me is for you, Vicky. So, Vicky. Uh, I don't know why I've written it like that. <laughs> so, Vicky, as if I've just strolled into this conversation and haven't been here the whole time. Uh, well, now, Vicky. I know uh, that in your real life, you are a highly athletic individual. Uh, you are training to be a personal trainer. You do aerials with silks. Uh, I think you've had a show green lit for that as well. Uh, you do weightlifting, mm-hmm. uh, paddleboarding, all of that physical jazz. So does that make it tougher to imagine yourself as a frail little witchy gnome? <laughs> uh, does it then affect the decisions that you would want to make in gameplay? Oh, interesting. I think on one hand, like, I think, yeah, I like, I like being physical and yeah. But I think like, it's almost like it's like another side of me. I think like, mm. so Ardox, who I played in our seven year bug campaign was like very physical she was a barbarian and like ah so there was Mm. part of me that wanted to go in a different direction but i think like i'm so intrigued by all things witchy Mm -hmm. chakras that kind of stuff so i think she's just like another like another facet of me maybe Mm. like a side of my personality that's a bit less like what people know maybe i think maybe that but also like I feel like I always say this, like, Juna is my nan and my grandma. So I think for me, the joy, I don't feel like she's a part of me. I mean, she is because I'm the granddaughter of the two people who she's inspired by. But it's almost like I live her through other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Rather than sort of through me. Mm. Oh, that's really sweet. So you're thinking more in that situation of like, because, yeah, I do wonder if there's times where you're like, well, like, you know, I would just charge in there. But obviously Juna's not that so do you are you able to just kind of like completely distance yourself from your own physical capabilities and just think about like you know wwgd you know grandma do yeah i think like there's there's times when the like the vicky in me tries to like crawl out so 
I think with regards to spoons, <laughs> Juno is actually quite reserved, whereas the natural Vicky in me would be all over the spoons. She would be walking <laughs> through the night. Uh, like, I, I would... That was something else walking through the night. Yeah, I, I heard that. Did everyone else <laughs> that hear was that? really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's Should a ghost I in the room. It? Should I just <laughs> leave that in? Yeah, no, keep it. <laughs> that was terrifying. Um, I've already had a cat like winding herself around my Is ankle. Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> like Sam was deep in a question, and I was like, something is happening to Vicky right now. But yeah. <laughs> I'm recording recording from a haunted house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so we won't wreck on it um, so yeah like the the spoons I think there's part of me that would be or like the, particularly the first one that Gwen did I was like oh how, like how would I do in that and I know when we did um, when we were in the Wingthrop maze particularly the one where we had to work out the metals that kind of thing like I feel like that's where I can like get a bit of me out and I, I mm. quite enjoy mm. I love doing all of that I'm going to ignore the Hellraiser. <laughs> still going on. I'm just expecting a face to appear because it's quite dark behind oh you as well. Gosh, I'm expecting like a ghostly face don't. to appear on the camera. No. Oh, don't. In David's don't. world, it would happen. Please don't. <laughs> That's right. You've got a camera screen. You'll see it coming when we just do. Just a slow smile. Like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I think there's there's moments where I can like let my nap. I'm going to just. Press up with this question. Um, yeah, there's moments I can let my Vicky out, but I think like I think there's so much therapy for me in playing Juna. It's almost like I don't mm. I don't think about the like the parts of me that she isn't. I just love being Juna. I just I've like it's it's almost like if I've had a tough day and I know at the end of the day I'm going to get to be Juna, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I'm just going to be like, ah, oh, you know. Mm. I mean, it's. It's really interesting when you say that because, like, I think for a lot of people, Juna is the the, the counselor kind of. You know, she's the one that makes everyone feel better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting that you kind of like through making everybody feel better and feel comfortable in every scenario. That actually then is your kind of like remedy. Uh, stops you silently screaming. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, oh, like really I say, sweet. like I, I there's some there's something about being Juna that just makes me. I feel like I say this all the time, but like every time I play Juna, it's like I'm with my grandma who I don't get to see enough and I'm with my nan. And like it took me a really long time to grieve the loss of my nan. And like mm. a big part of that is that like, sorry, I've got really deep suddenly. No, um, no, I mean, if my nan's face came up behind me, like that's a ghost I can deal with. Um, but like, I think... I mean, you might be able to. Yeah, I would still freak I'm out. I'm gone. Like, <laughs> that would be a Sam Shaker. If an adorable 95-year-old woman her, appears yeah. behind me, it's all Lovely good. seeing her, but that is the end of the recording for me. Like. <laughs> but yeah, like there's, there's something really good about like dealing with grief through sort of a creative outlet and and i encourage people to create a dnd character that can help you move through your grief and trauma because yeah it's just really nice to sort of feel like i've got part of her still with me 
Yeah. And particularly because June is a bit sort of spiritual and stuff, that kind of really helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a happy accident, yeah. And she's just so forgiving, unless it's Dwayne. Like, you know, and I say that she <laughs> forgave Dwayne in an instant. She had her moment and then she's like, I can't like, um, I need to share this frustration, but then, yeah. okay, we're cool, good. You kind of don't have a choice with Dwayne, do you? <laughs> I should true. also do one of those soft retcons and say, you know, because I said that, you know, Juno isn't really athletic, but she did like burst through a window on a broomstick. Uh, which was totally <laughs> badass. And she is trying to do athletic things. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you've built this this character as a, you know, homage to yeah. your grandparents and not really focusing on those, like, you know, really kind of athletic attributes yeah. within yourself. I get that mm. out of my system every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I come to you on this recording fresh off an aerial rig. Like, you can't see oh, this nice. if you're listening to it, but I currently have a heart on my face because I've been a card from Alice in Wonderland hanging off an aerial silk this afternoon so I get, I get all of that out of my system in real life I thought that was for us <laughs> it's it really is, nice um, I was like I want to make one it is right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay, sure, cool. sure. we'll keep that in uh, <laughs> okay thank you so much for answering that so honestly Vicky we'll have a question for you both now uh, this is from Pippa and I'm going to ask her a question for her today uh, so if you could spend a day in any town or city in Dravain for real where would you go and what would you get up to? Ah, that's a good question. Uh, David, do you want to do you want to jump in on this one first? Um, if you've got an answer, <laughs> is it one that we've seen, or, or can it be one that we haven't seen in the podcast? Ooh, I'm gonna say. I feel like I, I can say like, oh, I, I built the map. I know. Yeah, I'm what, gonna say it's both. Both. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say you're allowed the last one, but this is also really intriguing for us because. You won't choose the cities where really evil things are happening. So um, you don't know that. Hmm. I would. I really want. Oh, I'm really torn. I'm torn between three. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> Medravain. <laughs> places have we been? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Medravain. I'd really like. I. I just. I don't know. Like in my head, I really like its vibe. Half of it's on fire at the moment. They should probably put that out. But the kind of like night out on frosting. Yeah. That it's like almost like a river city but it's kind of like as a through trade town because of the way it connects the river sort of leading off toward uh the Torbear bog and like the northern end of dravain but then also into lake dravain so it's like still fairly central historically to the to the whole country so medravain is pretty cool yeah because what would you like to do when you're there are we talking like would you take a boat all the way down yeah, go for that a little sail. Yeah, like right. you know, drinking establishments. I, I don't know. I just in my head, I like its vibe. I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> it's got a cool vibe. <laughs> the other two that I am torn between are haven't been seen in the podcast, but they have both been mentioned. Uh, one of them is Carth, which nice. is in my head just Bath. Uh, it's Where just did you like, get the name? That's- I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm very creative sometimes, but in that kind of like Austin esque like, oh, we go to take the waters and like everyone's like of a of like there's there's just an air of like sensibility around the place and every, like people take promenades around town and like that kind of like it's a bit of a show to be in Carth. That's what I like the visuals I get from it. Uh, the other one is Hush Ben. Ben's just put in the chat, David's NPC names can be legendarily creative. Oh my god, I you thought you were shoot. saying you wanted to go to a place called Hushben, and now Hush I feel ben. like a place yeah. called Hushben needs to be invented on the map. Isn't that near Splinter Falls? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hushben. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, so the, the other off mic place that I'd like to go is Dram, which is where Enkidu is from. I have actually played a game with my family in Dram, like the one D&D game that we've all played together was set in Dram. So I've got a map for it. And it is, it's a fun little, fun little place. Lots of, lots of like seedy underbelly, but also like busy hustle bustle of the city happening. Interesting. Has that changed much, by the way, uh, from like your original concept to what it is in this world? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, cool. Largely in uh, having Daryl's input. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, with everybody, I've said, oh, whatever it is that you want to make up, make up and we'll fit it into the world. And Daryl is incredibly creative. Yeah. he. Ha- I mean, you should read his multi-multi-page backstories, plural. They are- <laughs> I love him. I-, I really love him. I cannot get enough of him. And so, yeah, he's like invented parts of Dram and, and that. So, again, like to fit in with things that happened in his backstory... I've got an even greater understanding of what that place is. And it is so far south. I don't know how the party are going to get there, if they're going to get there. <laughs> but it's really fun. We'll have to do a game there at some point. They need like the wayward door or something like that that sends you somewhere sends else. You crazy places. <gasps> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I know how descriptive Daryl can be because, you know, obviously we played his game that he set in the city of Tenabula and just, mm-hmm. just the amount of detail that he manages to pour into That's a amazing. scene. Uh, yeah, and like obviously Candlekeep as well, where he wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily using his own words, but he was embellishing them sometimes with his kind of descriptive nature. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. put it past Daryl to give you a... How many pages was it? <sighs> I couldn't even guess. I want to say 15. I don't think it was 15. <laughs> I think in my head that is like it's been exaggerated over time, and I'm like, oh, it's 15. <laughs> Front uh, and back! <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Vicky? Where, where would you go? I want to go to Heart of Springmas at Vernock Rise. It was yeah. so lovely. I mm. think that would just be like really great. Yeah. And plant your flowers, which were flowering the last time that you were there. That was just really sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that would just be a really fun thing to do. Um, but outside of places we've been, I'd love to go to Hush Ben, um, obviously. <laughs> but like, I think it'd be cool to go. Do the Carbon Mountains exist in this game? Ooh. They do. I mean, they are north of the world and you're as far south as really as you can get. Yeah. The Carbon Mountains is where the Dragonborns all live. I think it'd be really cool. It's rumoured that there's diamonds, but the Dragonborns maintain that there's not. I think that would just be a really cool place to explore. Also, I love me some Dragonborns. Yeah, hence, you know, my Astanis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, I think Splint- Splinter Falls, I think, would be a cool place to go. I think there'd be a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of these places we will get to. I mean, are there spoons in Splinter Falls? Because that will be the only way that you get them there. Put 10 <laughs> spoons in Dram uh, and watch yeah. them all run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I'm trying to drive everyone to Splinter Falls at any given opportunity. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, Ben said here that he'd quite like to go back to the Woden Isles. Um, but I think that's yeah. only in your games there, Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. you, should just, you should just write another one of those. That'd be, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to go to Sulmarath personally. I think, like, Ooh, because I imagined it, because yeah. that's where June is from. I think I imagine it all like foresty and stuff like that. So it'd be cool to go and. Oh, do you? <laughs> what? She's a forest gnome. She must be from the forest. Yeah, yeah. Screw it. I invented Juna. That's where she's from. <laughs> I, I think I'd love to go to the the Feywilds actually and just chill out with some singing flowers or something. 
Yeah, oh. that'd be, that'd even be after the latest episode. <laughs> well, mm, yeah, voting uh, <laughs> Goddamn Russell! <laughs> oh my god, brilliant, uh, brilliant question there, Pip. Um, I mean, we yeah, we've got a little bit of imminent. I really want to go to to Carth. Is that spelled with a C? By the way, was it spelled that with a C? Yeah, C A R with an R in there. Oh, there's as well. an R. Okay, yeah. Carth. Um, <laughs> it's like cart with a h at the end i really want to go there now because I've, I've just finished watching bridgerton and you know obviously the, you know chatting about promenades and everything which obviously filmed uh in the gorgeous uh city of bath it's beautiful so, isn't it yeah if you've watched bridgerton you've been to carth well done <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm from carth okay sorry right moving on uh david let's have a question for you uh and tiamat if you are still standing by uh i'm gonna pass it back over to you Hello again. Hey yo. So, with the further adventures of Dwayne Fabulosa being released, is there any possibility for further adventures of Deacon and Alfie? <gasps> please. Yes. Please. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I, I. We've not recorded them yet, but a hundred percent, I want them. I want them. They're happening. It was so much fun recording the the Dwayne episodes. Um little four episode mini arc just to be like oh cool what's he doing next a little bit more world building like keep him established in there we got to play with jasper and oh, oh my jasper, god he's fell in love so with the man. Yeah. He? yeah jasper william cartwright you are a god <laughs> and yeah again it's that same feeling that we had with robbie it was such a short time to play with them for just two episodes it's like but i i want more robbie in my life so the only way to do that we just have to have them back that's it we have to ha- have them back and considering the party have gone south and Alfie has gone north-ish, <laughs> uh, we don't really know where Alfie's gone, but that means that they could end up anywhere and that's even more fun. Alfie's gone to meet Ginger and is coming back with Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> well, more my thinking, like the only thought that I've really had is that there are two other artificer girls wandering off. <gasps> so it would be really helpful if they had a bit of guide, even if that was the little bit of chaos that was Alfie. Oh my god, yes. Does does that mean though that you'd need somebody to play Kerosene and uh and Myra or Kerosene and Myra Kerosene, um, sorry. I don't know what Kerosene. Kerosene. <laughs> it's all, it's all the She's got it's, much it's more aggressive to burn things, of course. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so I've not I've not fleshed out anything else other than that. So whether or not it is other people taking those characters, whether I take those characters. You have but... to be Myra. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. But a hundred percent. Like I want the back. Deacon's gone off north on on his own adventure hunting out uh the warrior is that what oh, it was yeah. called yeah yeah the it was compass, compass leading yeah. to the warrior the compass leading it? to yeah. the warrior so like there's yeah there's lots of stuff that and like their own little storylines that they can carry on that yeah if we can't get to it in the main campaign then 100% we're going to get to it in extra bonus stuff oh my god you should invite somebody yeah. else from like flintlocks and fireballs to come in mm. and and help yeah. out with that cuz i mean it oh it's so gosh, worked with you know obviously yeah. jasper being in uh, three black halflings with jeremy that yeah. dynamic was already established and then you know more obviously friends. without giving too much away more to friends, everyone no small roles like interact with it as well oh it's just such a good series great question there tiama yeah. yeah so that's awesome cuz i do miss deacon i loved i loved deacon when they were on yeah me too yeah, me too. And Sarah, like, we're going to be seeing Sarah's uh, going to be working with us over the summer. So, like, the excitement of of just spending time with Sarah, even then. Yeah. Um, yeah. David's talking about spending more time with like Jasper and Robbie. It's only because we see Sarah quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> it is the joy, isn't it? I mean, there's always more time for more friends in life. Make it happen. Make it happen. Here yeah. are my and demands. If, and if, if we don't have free time, then at the very least, we can have semi-professional time and play games with each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Plus, you can send these characters to the places that the party aren't going to get to. That's send them true, places actually. that there aren't spoons or, you know, you know, evil things going on. Yeah, uh, and that was part of the fun of... I know Dwayne only just... Oh, this is coming out before... Okay, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. This comes out before the Dwayne episodes do. Ooh, okay. Nothing. I was just going to say that the location that the Dwayne's, uh, Dwayne, the further adventures of Dwayne Fabulosa are set is somewhere that hasn't been explored at all by the party. So it was really nice to just dip our toe into that area of the world. Okay, this is, he's, he's covering stuff up here. That's juicy. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to stop talking before I do give, give more juice. If it makes you feel better, <laughs> I was there and I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's that cryptic. <laughs> If anyone picked up on any of that, well done. <laughs> David's silently screaming because they didn't pick up on something. Uh. <laughs> oh, cheers, Tiamat. No problem. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Okay, okay. I think we could probably just squeeze in one last question. Uh, mm. So it is for both of you from, uh, <laughs> from Karen, uh, who has asked... Which party member would be a great big spoon or little spoon in a cuddle? Oh my gosh. Gwen would be the best big spoon. Gwen has nice. to be, yeah. I would yeah. let Gwen big spoon me whenever she wanted. Would Gwen want to be big spoon? I think she'd try and be little, uh, but she yeah. would be a great big spoon. <laughs> okay, so we've got big spoon, little spoon. I feel like just in size, yeah, Gwen big spoon, June a little spoon, because like June is small and cuddly, Gwen is big and cuddly. So between the two of them, you're getting the best of both worlds. I, I kind of feel like Orin would be, but like, would Orin hate would being the little spoon. Yeah. Uh, and really? that would make it even better. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, God, no, God, no. I don't want to be the little spoon. Um, no. oh, um. I, think I think there'd be something adorable yeah. about little spooning in Kidu. He'd resist oh, yeah. it. He'd be like, no, <laughs> Too no, much pride. But, but Too like, much pride. Yeah. It's like, come on, Enkidu. And I feel like, I feel like, Gaius then has like the bravado that you want out of a big spoon. Like he's he's gonna go straight in there and like scoop you up because yeah. he's 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 got the, the chops for it. <laughs> and then he'd probably sing into your ear and that would be cool. So basically we've been really diplomatic and said everyone. <laughs> Everybody, everyone. <laughs> so this is a question. In the in the wing thruple, how how is the order of the spooning happening? Oh Ooh. Gwen Guy Juna. Gwen Guy Juna. Nice. Nice. That's a and good then, spoon. Yeah. Right oh, which then makes Guy, sense. Guy, is for... that your pipe? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't move it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, oh god. Oh, but uh, then, sorry. But I... then the image, the image then of Orin being the big spoon to Enkidu is oh, just adorable. Yeah, but I think that's, that's the way, the way it would be. That's the way it would be. Oh, man. oh, I'm in love. What about Aggie and Ruana? Who would be the Ooh. big spoon and who would be the little spoon? I imagine, it depends on Ruana's form, but I imagine that she is small and climbs almost semi-inside. Mm. Uh, no, sorry, Ruana, yeah, climbs inside <laughs> Aggie. Wait, because, uh, <laughs> re- let me start all that again. Ruana, depending ben on is rubbing form. his eyes under his glasses and shaking his head. <laughs> Yeah, if Ruana is like mouse bird Ruana and then is like inside the teapot of Aggie, like being all cuddled up in there, 
That's why I'm That is nice. Like like a dormouse. Yeah. Like a little dormouse yeah. in a dormouse. Yeah. yeah. I I kind of thought of like, you know, this this, you know, baby owlbear, um which the form that I'm a uh, Ruana is in at, at this point mm. anyway, like kind of makes like the cuddly cuddly toy element that could go anywhere within the spoon really, you know. Yeah. Could shift it and could also somebody... just sort of mm. latch on behind yeah. you as well. Oh. That's a nice question to finish That's off. a really nice one yeah. to end on, isn't it? <laughs> we didn't really give you an answer, but it's a really nice question yeah. to finish on. I don't know. There are, there are definitely answers <laughs> in there. Um, <laughs> I think we've established the wing thruple angle anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. canon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should mention that Ben uh, Ben has actually put in the chat here about the last question that, yes, the, uh, the patrons at this point have heard episodes one and two uh, of the Dwayne Fabulous Rock. Mm-hmm. But I, I, honestly, if you're not a patron, this is a genuine reason to go for it because I, I wouldn't want to wait for these episodes. They are <laughs> so good. I'm not just saying that. They are so good. They're wonderfully performed. And also, like, they are, so, like, particularly Jeremy and Jasper are so on it with the rules and the mechanics uh, uh, in a way that, like, yeah. It's just you just run with it, you know. Whatever they say is is gospel, and like the play moves so quickly. The way they think about how to use those mechanics, their advantage as well so is creative. insane. It's so much fun. Yeah. So yeah, if you haven't signed up to the patron, that would be a reason to go and do it. Honestly. Uh, plus, you get to come and hang out with us here. Hang, 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 chill, chill, chill. But anyway, that's 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 a little little plug of the patron there. Um, and do but come I- and hang out with us. It's nice to meet everyone. <laughs> yeah, please do. Come join us in the Discord. Uh, really good community of people in there. Uh, we we have a lot of fun. There's all sorts of different chats, different channels. Uh, and you don't have to be a patron to actually come along and enjoy that. Give that a think. Um, but all that being said... Don't give it a think. Give it a do. Give it a do. Give it a do. <laughs> give Download it a do. Discord. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, that's all we've got time for for right now. Mahusif thank you to Vicky and to David all the patrons in the chat and the crumpets who show this podcast just so much love thank you and thank you Sam oh no thank you for having me all the time Uh, love doing it (laughs) right I think there's only one thing left to say so if everyone could unmute themselves it's the full phrase always worth clarifying (laughs) yeah right (laughs) and Hello there, big spoons, little spoons and teaspoons. Ben here, popping in to say thank you to our guests this week, Vicky and David, and to superfan Sam Oaks for putting the questions to the cast. Oh, and I hope you've been enjoying our recent episode art as well, which has been featuring some of Sam's fantastic cast photos too. Thanks for lending us your multi-talented skills, Sam. Huge thank you to everyone for sending in your thought-provoking questions for this episode. Now, if you want to theorise further about upcoming events or let us know which city in Dravain you'd want to visit, then you need to head on over to our Discord. To be totally honest, I had very little idea what or who a Discord was before we set up our No Small Role server, but it has been a delight to be part of our growing community of listeners and fellow D&D nerds. And if you're new to Discord as well, The great news is it's completely free to sign up. All you need to do is click on the link in the show notes or you can follow the link from the No Small Roles website and then Discord will just guide you through the next steps to create an account and join the chat. 
Now, next on the feed, we're going to be taking a little break from the main campaign as we delve into the further adventures of Dwayne Fabulosa. We are so delighted that Jeremy Cobb will be returning to play the blue-haired bard himself alongside our very special guest, Jasper William Cartwright, who many of you might know already from the brilliant Three Black Halflings podcast. Now, if you're not subscribed to them already, what are you doing? Go and do that now. Okay, now you're back from subscribing. Jeremy and Jasper will be appearing alongside the rest of the No Small Roles cast in this four-part adventure, DM'd and composed musically by our very own David Knight. The first episode will be released on Sunday the 15th of May, and the next three episodes will release throughout May and June. However, if you just can't wait until then, and I really can't blame you if you can't, then do check out our Patreon, where our teacup teapot and tea caddy supporters can already binge the first two episodes Uh, just click the link in the show notes below or visit patreon.com forward slash no small roles to sign up for those and for just a whole heap of other benefits we'll be back to the main storyline in july and uh, in the meantime i'm off to look for the town of hushben on this map of Dravain. Must be really small, I can't see it anywhere. Anyway, and on for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.